If you're enjoying Bradbury 100, please search for my YouTube channel, Bradbury 101, where I review Ray's books and films. And why not check out my other podcast, Science Fiction 101, where we explore science fiction from all angles. Find Science Fiction 101 wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bradbury 100, celebrating the life and work of American writer Ray Bradbury. I'm Phil Nichols of bradburymedia.co.uk. At the time of recording, it's the 20th of December 2022, so we're just a day away from the winter solstice. So I thought now would be a good time to talk about Ray Bradbury and Christmas. Christmas isn't a season that you usually associate with Ray. He was much more of an October guy, as I'm sure you're aware. But in this episode of Bradbury 100, I'll point you to a few items which are fit for Christmas. We'll start with a very short story, The Gift, and then move on to a longer one, The Wish, And then we'll take a look at some film work by Bradbury that you may not be familiar with. One of the very few Bradbury stories to mention Christmas specifically is The Gift, which first appeared in Esquire magazine in December 1952. That's 70 years ago. You can find the story today in Ray's books A Medicine for Melancholy and R is for Rocket. And it's a very short story indeed. It's about two pages long. Now, The Gift is about a family going on a space trip and they're forced to leave some things behind. You know what it's like when you travel and your luggage is overweight? Well, they have to leave some stuff behind, including Christmas presents. They tell their son not to worry, he will get his present later. And eventually, when they're in deep space, the father takes the boy to a large porthole and shows him the stars. The story ends with the line, He stood there for a long, long time, just looking and looking out into space and the deep night at the burning and the burning of ten billion billion white and lovely candles. It's really a beautiful story, and when it first appeared in Esquire, it was accompanied by a beautiful painting. And every year on my website, bradburymedia.co.uk, I reproduce that painting, so it will be there again in connection with this episode, so take a look. I'll come back to the gift shortly, because Ray also adapted it for TV. The second Bradbury story to deal with Christmas specifically is The Wish, and this one was first published in Woman's Day magazine in 1973, and you can find it today in the books Bradbury Stories, 100 of his most celebrated tales, and Long After Midnight. For some readers it might seem an odd Bradbury tale. In many ways it feels more like a Dickens or an M.R. James Christmas story. It's really a ghost story for Christmas. 
A man is drawn to the idea of Christmas and the winter solstice as rebirth, and he shouts out a wish that he could see his dead father again. And then he's driven to run across snowy country and finds himself in a graveyard. His father has been brought back to life, but he's more of a reanimated corpse than the father he remembered. And in fact, at first, he doesn't even recognise the man. It's only when the man opens his eyes that our protagonist is certain it's his father. The two struggle to understand what has happened and why. Clearly, it's the result of the wish that the man made earlier, but it's one of those cases of be careful what you wish for. Eventually, the two men, father and son, are able to say what they had never been able to say in life. The simple phrase, I love you. It's a very affecting story and very atmospheric. If you've never read it, it's well worth a look. Now back to The Gift, which I described as being a very short story, just two pages. But Ray once adapted it for TV. It turned up as the basis for an episode of the TV series Steve Canyon, which aired in the 1950s. Steve Canyon, a salute to the Air Force Men of America. The original story, as I described just now, is science fiction. It's about a deep space mission. But Steve Canyon was about a pilot in the US Air Force. So how did that work? Steve Canyon was originally a comic strip created by Milton Kniff. And in 1958, it became a half-hour TV series. And it ran for just one season quite a long season, as they had in those days, 39 episodes, and it ran on the NBC network. And the title character was played by Dean Fredericks. But Ray was asked to write a script, so he pitched an idea based upon the gift. And the idea was accepted, and he wrote the script. The script was filmed. All that remains of Ray's original story, though is that central idea of a child looking out and seeing the stars. But in this case, it's not through the porthole of a deep space rocket. It's through the window of an aircraft. Sounds a bit more primitive, doesn't it? In the episode, our hero, Steve Canyon, is dispatched to bring a camp of displaced children in bombed-out Europe to an airbase to celebrate Christmas. Judging from the signage that you see in the finished episode, the camp is probably in Hungary. But Ray's script describes it as the ruins of a bombed-out village, remnant of some war. Which war? Who can say? The ruins lie silent. All wars are the same here. Most of the kids in the episode are delighted with the chance of going on a plane, and they're even more delighted by the giant Christmas tree, the lights and the assorted presents that have been put out for them. All except for little Lisa Serenko. She hates planes because her country and her family were destroyed by bombers. Despite his best efforts, Steve Canyon is unable to cheer Lisa up. 
Finally, he decides to confront her fears. He takes her up in his plane to see some real Christmas lights. He points out the windshield. Lisa looks out and sees the stars, brighter and clearer than she has ever seen them. She's overwhelmed. Now, although this episode doesn't have the sense of wonder of Ray's original short story, and how could it? I mean, we're talking about a two-page story being stretched out to a 25-minute TV episode. Nevertheless, it works. And the episode exists, you can see it now, it's on DVD, and Ray's original script has also been published. It was in the book Bullet Trick, which was put out in 2009 from Gauntlet Press. I noticed the last time I looked at the episode that the credit for teleplay goes to just Ray on his own, but the story credit for the episode is shared between Ray and Sidney Carroll. Now, Sidney Carroll was a screenwriter and also a short story writer, and he would later be Oscar nominated for the film The Hustler, which I think was released in 1961. Ray very much admired Sidney Carroll's short stories, and he once said Sidney Carroll was as good a short story writer as he was, Ray Bradbury was. Anyway, my guess is that Ray brought the idea of the child seeing the stars, and Sidney Carroll provided the idea of the displaced persons. I've got no direct evidence for that. I'm simply re reading between the lines and trying to figure out who must have done what. Maybe one day we'll find out. So we've had the gift, we've had the wish, and we've had another version of the gift. Is there any more Bradbury Christmas out there? Well, yes and no. There's an unfilmed treatment. A treatment is a preliminary version of a film script. It lays out the story of a film before the script is written so that people can judge whether they want to bother making the film. And a treatment usually has very little dialogue in it and it's mostly simply describing the action that we would see during the film. Now, you must surely know the 1951 film The Day the Earth Stood Still. It's one of the most famous science fiction films of all time. It was directed by Robert Wise, the man who was the editor of Citizen Kane and went on to be the producer-director of both West Side Story and The Sound of Music. And he also directed Star Trek The Motion Picture and The Andromeda Strain and various other things. The Day the Earth Stood Still was one of the first serious Hollywood science fiction movies, and it was also a significant contribution to that wave of near-paranoid Cold War science fiction that existed on the big screen in the 1950s. It was remade, pointlessly, in my view, in 2008, with Keanu Reeves as the star. But of course, for me possibly for you as well. Michael Rennie remains the definitive Klaatu. The Day the Earth Stood Still was scripted by Edmund H. North, and it was based on a short story by Harry Bates, Return of the Master. So what's that got to do with Ray? In the early 80s, we nearly had a sequel written by Ray Bradbury. Ray wrote a screen treatment for 20th Century Fox 
which he called The Evening of the Second Day. He drafted it in March 1981 and revised it in September. But Ray didn't want to do the film. According to Starlog magazine, who interviewed him in the 1980s, he told the studio not to do it. He said, The original film is so beautiful, why don't you just blow it up on larger film stock and re-release it? Because nobody wants to see a sequel. But the studio bosses said, Ah yes, but we want you to do it. So Ray did do it. He wrote the treatment. But it was never turned into a full script and it was never made. And the treatment remains unpublished. So what would this sequel to The Day the Earth Stood Still have been like? Well, Ray described it in that Starlog interview. And this is where we get to Christmas. This is what Ray said. The return of Klaatu. He comes back. His body is encased in ice. Klaatu's daughter brings him back. And they land on Earth at Cape Canaveral on Christmas Eve. They signify their arrival, proving how powerful they are, by lighting all the towers all the way down Cape Canaveral. Oh wow, I thought it would be terrific if we could show you all the towers lit like Christmas trees on Christmas Eve. They're offering a promise, aren't they? A gift to the world. They stay around for a while, and at the story's end, on New Year's Eve, they take off for the universe. Of course, that's a celebration also. And along the way, there's the usual Bradbury optimism. I liked some of the ideas I had. They were very visual. Of course, you have to out-metaphor the other film. And what is there left to do? Well, it's certainly typical of Bradbury that he would be seduced by a strong central image. And I find it quite curious that he should have chosen a Christmas setting for the return of Klaatu, because some critics have emphasised the Christ-like attitudes and behaviour of Klaatu in the original film. But then it occurs to me that if you're bringing him back to life, that feels more like a story for Easter, doesn't it? Would Ray's treatment have made a good film? It's difficult to tell. I have read the full treatment, and it's okay, but I have no idea which director, if any, was attached to this project, uh, nor whether this would have been a major motion picture or just some cheap cash-in sequel. In 1981, don't forget, Hollywood was still trying to come to terms with the Star Wars phenomenon, with lots of attempts to cash in on what George Lucas had done with his unexpected box office smash of Star Wars. And for every Blade Runner or E.T., there were a dozen cheap and embarrassing Star Wars knockoffs around at that time. In any case, Ray's screen treatment didn't progress to a screenplay, and the project just faded away. Just another Bradbury film project that might have been. But built on Christmas. So, that's Ray Bradbury's Christmas. Just a couple of stories and a couple of film and TV ideas. There might be some other references to Christmas out there, and if you've spotted any, do let me know. But there's a vast difference between 
Ray's writerly interest in Christmas and his writerly interest in Halloween. He wrote several books based around Halloween, or at least October, but only these few pieces about Christmas. If you enjoy Bradbury 100, please give me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A five-star review will help others to find the podcast. Bradbury 100 is presented and produced by Phil Nichols. Music is provided by Purple Planet at purpleplanet.com. Please subscribe to or follow the podcast using your podcast app. You can find us on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all good podcast places. And don't forget to look for my Bradbury 101 series on YouTube and my other audio podcast, Science Fiction 101. For information on all of these and an endless supply of information about Ray Bradbury and his works, head to my website, bradburymedia.co.uk.